Okay. Yes, we can. Right. I mean, I... the Brothers Z is a podcast where three brothers get together. We talk about our lives. We talk about films and movies. And we have fun. And we talk about each other. To each yes. other. About yeah. each other. About <laughs> each other, which didn't always happen the way it should have <laughs> when we were growing up. But we're making up for it now in front of a studio audience. I'll yes, be a, a, a very studio audience studio of 10. Audience. <laughs> a yes. studio yes. audience. To a worldwide audience. Yes. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> John, I know why John's nervous. So, we are, well, John's nervous. John's I know nervous why because. Nervous. <laughs> why am I nervous? Because you started a professional podcast now. So. Now that you have our actual podcast studio with mics, a board where you can edit, and you're putting together structured and thoughtful content, <laughs> the idea of oh, jumping no, on no. this little podcast is <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the honest truth. I, if, I do wish I had the mics and the mixing board here so I could use yes. them. Yes. When I'm, but I, I'm kind of horrified when I'm editing the other podcast. Where I hear my voice and I sound like like a congested goose or something. My voice is so stupid. Congested goose. <laughs> I I think I feel like I've got a little bit of the Howard Zim sort of voice. Oh, you know, or uncle. I, I, yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But um, you know, I mean, let's just say that you know, I mean, you know, what would we peg you for northern rather than southern? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know, it's not like you fanned on the shot or anything like that. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man. Who was that announcer? That um for the okay, Bulldogs let's... hockey and. Yeah. Thank you. This is UMD Bulldogs hockey. We're talking the WCHA, right? That's some correct. Of the, yeah. Some of the best hockey we've ever watched in our entire in our entire lives happened in that league about 35 oh, years ago. Best. Well, well that's that hockey is ever. It's like yeah. I think exactly. uh, John and I John and I will probably agree on this cuz we watched it together. My still to this day my favorite playoff experience was the UMD Bowling Green Championship game in college hockey. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you remember man. that? What's that, 84? I do, I remember. Uh, 83, 84, somewhere in there. We'd, yeah. I'll have to send that to the research team once we sign off here. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DuckDuckGo! Research team brought to you by DuckDuckGo. <laughs> the funny thing is, I still think of that game, and I still get like this like sickening feeling because they, they lost. Yeah, like, especially the especially the the puck bouncing off the boards. Uh, exactly where the caddy the, corner. The, <laughs> yeah, in a strange way, and that was that was that was sickening. However, the Bulldogs did uh, exonerate themselves a few years ago in the Frozen yeah. Four. Nice. So, nice. Can't even do yeah. a proper bulldog. So I think right. one of my favorite games was when they were playing the hated rivals of Minnesota Gopher. And yeah. they went, it was when the oh, Bulldogs yeah. had, they had like three potential um, um, NHL players on their team. And the Gophers, of course, a huge school. They go up there and they're, they had two penalties against them. So they were down two men and the Gophers were on the power play and they scored twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mighty yeah. gopher right there. Yeah, yeah. it was nice in to the see goal. That. No, it was the UMD Bulldogs scored twice. Yeah. Oh, the Bulldogs are right. shorthanded? Or, yes, or the Bulldogs? Shorthanded. UMD shorthanded down two men. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you now know which pet to get when facing the choice between a bulldog and a gopher. The smart money always goes bulldog. Like if all the sports teams that I've enjoyed watching over the years, Nothing will ever compare to 80s Bulldogs hockey. 
I agree. Uh, you know, I agree. you are right. It's you are right. That was everything such about good. It, no, it was yeah. free. We didn't have to pay any cable uh-huh. costs. It was automatically on our television sets. Yeah. It was local. Right. And it was yeah. colloquial in that way because hockey was such a huge deal in northern Minnesota. And we were right. stealing from northern Minnesota because we were actually living in northern Wisconsin but getting all of the- our television. <laughs> Yes, but two of the three of us, well, first of all, that's where the television stuff came from. But it was Duluth Superior. That was my okay. point, that, which was That's fun. number one. <laughs> number two is two of the three of us were born in Minnesota on this call. Okay, so that that makes uh, it was, okay. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. I was whoa, born whoa, in whoa, Minnesota. Oh, that's yeah, right. You were born in Minnesota, but we were living in Wisconsin at the yeah. time. So that was, does that make you a Minnesotan or a Wisconsinite? Oh, maybe Minnesota. I was born in Duluth. Yeah. So, I still remember, I still remember so then, but so, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> right, right. Well, I remember that, and, and we, we won't go. But here's the question, John. That does not explain yes. your Green Bay Packer backing then very well, well does it? Are you a secret well, Viking? Well, no, I love the Vikings too, but there are two words to explain my Packers, my love of the Green Bay Packers. Two words Don Mikowski. Oh yes, Magic okay. Man. The, Magic the other Man. two. <laughs> years of Blair Keel. Well, you Don know, McAfee. Maybe going back. To, you know, there's probably a lot that can be evaluated in the clinical setting here because if you go back, you, there's um, uh, Lynn Dickey too. You know, here. Lynn Dickey. To <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Lofton, and I don't know. I guess maybe I was kind of a, a closet Packer fan, even when I was pulling for the Vikings. But then well, they're on the okay. Kramer days. They were the first um, team. They were the first team. Okay, so David Whitehurst. Those were the two words that kept me away from the Packers. <laughs> oh yeah. Very <laughs> long time. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, David football. Football. What? And then the operate on the other side of the bay was so much more appealing. When you had Ahmad Rashad. Uh, yeah, that's oh, true. Tommy Facts. Kramer. And Tommy Kramer. Yeah. What about CC? Chris Carter. Oh. Chris Carter. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 But so, and I think the Vikings, you know, like made the wild card game a couple of times when, you know, the Packers were really close. Right. Well, the Vikings but. are one of those teams that has really suffered, and we're like manic in the in our topic, in our adherence to a topic here today. But um, <laughs> minute the Vikings, they were fifteen and one one year, and they lose in the championship game. They were fourteen. They, I mean, they've won a lot of games and been in the playoffs a lot. Yeah, they just have never won any trophies. So it's right. probably the the highest version of frustration and pathetic behavior as far as pro sports goes. Maybe the Buffalo Bills are challenging for that, um, but yeah, well, they yeah, they, they made a run at it in the '90s. But let's face it, they didn't get close to the '70s Vikings, or you know, the, the, if you add the other decades, <laughs> decades of disappointment, and so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, they 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 make it a nice try for the seller, but they're not getting there. Okay, they're not. You know why? Because there's too much snow blocking their way, okay? Whereas in Minnesota, okay, you got the cold and the snow. Okay, so... I, I sense a changing of topics. Where are nice, we going? Nice try, gentlemen. Nice try. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. It's funny. Where are we going? Like, uh, we go? We'll step back in time to when the, like the season after the Vikings lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in the 70s. Yeah. Um, next year, the Vikings go down into Kansas City and clobber the Chiefs. Oh, it's wow. like, why couldn't you have done that when it mattered? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. I think that, it's always yeah, the Vikings, been that way, John. It's always I mean, been that way. I think this is this gets us back to the topic we started on, and, and this is probably why UMD Bulldog hockey was such an admirable <laughs> experience when we were young because they actually were winning something. <laughs> <laughs> it provided some warmth, warmth in the cold winter. Yes, it did. Right. A winter, a winter made colder by Viking losses. Correct. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was true. good. That's that's that's, that's a that's a good 
that's a warm memory right there. That's like, that's like the fire stove, you know, has got wood in it and it, the fire is going again. That was a good, that was a good memory there. So we probably have a a couple of things going on in, in our lives that, that we could kind of touch base on. I'll, I'll start. I um, actually just had a fence project completed this past weekend. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, yes. When you say completed, that the work crew came in, yes. completed the job, and left? And yes, absolutely. What is your relationship to the work crew? Well, money uh, ties us together very closely and the contract. Um, but outside of that, I did move some mounds of of clay that was pretty heavy so that i got some work out there as far as that goes but okay i know better than to try to change a fence when the posts are going into rock and clay i mean i tried to put up one post and mind you this is an entire fence three sides of a fence here so you're talking like 12 to 15 posts when i tried to change one post my back hurt for like six months so (laughs) I knew that I was not going to be doing anything with wow. that. <laughs> Times have changed. Dang. Drop wow. Life-altering. <laughs> Life-altering experience. So I had to bring in a crew. Okay. Wow. You sound like me. <laughs> I am. I'm, I've gone from the, you know, the bruiser to being the little guy. Um, just ask John when he came to help uh, change the shingles on the shed. He had to do all the heavy lifting because I couldn't lift anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that is oh. dang. Dang, how old are you? Yes, no, I'm just kidding. I was in the best shape of my life, too. I had been biking. I was down to about 185, lean, confident. <laughs> I'm <Now> lean. <laughs> lean and confident. <laughs> lean and confident. <laughs> okay. Well, I've been lean. I don't know that confidence has ever been ascribed to me, but lean. I'm coming up three years of leanness. Lean. Wow. You've had lean and slightly mean. Well, mean has always been part of my vocabulary. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're going to tackle those shingles. Oh, so. <laughs> oh man. Oh, like a fun cultural reference and say, at least uh, you're not uh, feathered and deadly. Like, what's his name's hair? And uh, no. dodgeball. I'm so glad you went Nobody makes me bleed my own blood on cable television. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's I would say reference. the only thing more challenging than announcing a dodgeball game would be to try to follow our topics here in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. It creates mystery. For the audience, because they don't know what's around the bend, and when they I do d- get there, they still don't know what they're looking at anyway. I, I defy just like us. to know what we're talking about. <laughs> I defy <laughs> Well, we were talking about your um, how, do, how does one put this delicately? Well, I mean, surrendering your man well, card um, because you're no longer doing your own yard work. I don't. I don't consider it that. Because <laughs> Did I say that? I, I I'm sorry. Are we recording now? That at all. Yeah, we are. I don't oh, consider oh, oh. it that because the fence is actually a pretty big undertaking. And when all it, the posts are in clay, you're actually a fool if you're trying to take that task on. It, you don't know it, what you're doing. It's true. I take well, it as my brains have started to become my definition, my defining place of my life, right? Is there we go. I'm starting to use my noggin a little bit. Well, let's actually, let's go back. You're You're actually absolutely right, Pete. My wife made this decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! What's even worse is that she spent the money. It's like, yeah, Tom. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, no, you could. No, it's it's not that she spent the money. She made the decision. Okay, okay. So, okay, all right. Well, that's 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 typical, and if yeah, that's that's yes, entirely ex- explicable. That yes. Typical. So I, I I think back to our childhood when we helped Papa put up the fence at. Um, at the new place on uh, Trout Lake Road, and uh, yeah. and and digging yeah, well, those those post holes. Yeah, Although, yeah, he did most of the digging, but yes, times have changed. And believe me, like you, I wander out, and my wife says, "You know, I think we ought to do this." And I take one look and say, "Yeah, okay, yeah. sure." You know, and I think inside, "Okay, how much is this going to run me?" <laughs> so I I. Believe me, I'm, I'm right with you, having surrendered the card long ago. 
But I substituted the man card with another card. It's called a Visa card. <laughs> okay. And, I, <laughs> and that card is very powerful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. My, wife, my wife says spend or I have spent. And I say, okay, dear. <laughs> and I make the payment. So, yeah. yes. So, but John, you got you have something going on too, right? You were talking earlier. What's been going on with you? Well, uh, today we put in an offer in for a lake home in northern Wisconsin, Lac de Flambeau. So, Lac de Flambeau. Yeah, it's on uh, what three quarters of an acre, almost seven tenths, something like that. Oh wow! Oh, wow, that's good oh. size. Where's so, the, where is Lake? Where's Lake de Flambeau uh, compared to where you're at? Lac- Lock. It is about three hours north. It's uh, in northeastern Wisconsin. It's well, they call it the North Woods, but coming from actual northern Wisconsin, I would call it the <laughs> North Central Woods. Right, right, right. So you no. come from South Central to North Central. Okay, we got that. But we, but yeah. it, 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 it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of due north of you, right? So it's it's yeah, where, where exactly is, north. Okay, so you are east of Appleton then. I do the math. We're south and no. west of Appleton, I think. Just oh, and west the, of Appleton. It, yeah. Oh, the, ca- the cabin is? Oh, the cabin? Yeah. So the cabin would be uh, quite a bit north of there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There's really nothing <laughs> else. Uh, south still. Uh, yeah. Which is probably so, the point, right? That would consider northern Wisconsin, right? <laughs> that, but yeah, you know, on the lake, Nicole's uh, cabin. So you know, the water is great. The swimming is great there. Um, nice. Hopefully, so, uh, it goes through. You know, settles down. That you know, feels like a return. It feels like a return of sorts because your I feel like your your wife's family had a cabin. Up, you got married at. I remember attending that wedding. Yeah. Um, Facts. Yep. Back in Lake Flambeau. And this one is on the same lake, but just on the other side of the lake. So it's a small 47 acre lake. Um, you know, the nice sandy, uh, it doesn't have rocks or anything in it. Um, so okay. it's nice. Not nice. rocks. Nice. Uh, totally rocks. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, I guess the exactly. first thing so, the yeah. first thing that we would want to ask is once the ink oh, dries wow. on that agreement, maybe we could uh, plan a trip up there, right? For we could oh, invite ourselves awesome. up to the lake. Dang, <laughs> that is! I, I just brought it up on the uh, on uh, while well, I the research department just passed it to me. Research brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Um, yes. And uh, Lac de Flambeau is due east of Park Falls. So it's mm, practically right. in our athletic conference for where we grew up. Dang! Right. Straight up yeah, US 51. Yeah. Yep. Not quite to Hurley where 51 ends and the fun begins, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. oh, my goodness. That's brought to you by Hurley. So... Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Only like four where, people will get that reference. <laughs> where the road ends, then the fun begins. All right. Well, I'm 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 thinking about how we can expand our our listenership, and that means sponsors. So thank you. So I just went out. I just went on. You know, I just went with that one. Wow. So that is honestly not far from as perilously close to where we grew up. Right. Yeah. Not far at all. Short. Yeah, maybe two-hour drive down River. Yeah, I always felt yeah, like but, if I were to embark on a on a project, um, as far as being a cabin or anything, it would probably be like in Hayward or something. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I just like I think it's like I know it's not as rural as probably as you may have guessed that oh. I would go for, but it would be like a nice medium ground, and I think my wife would actually go to the campground and enjoy. it. <laughs> Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, because it's rural. Okay. It's or, it's or still be- in the, I mean it's still in the country, but it's not like I don't know. It's not like going to Iron River or Poplar and going to cabin. You know, <laughs> camping up there. That's like literally camping in the middle of the woods. 
Right. Because but, only uh, the only the dog sled trails remain at that yes, point. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. That's right. See, uh, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm 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 more of like Eau Claire. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> the Dells. I mean, Eau Claire. It's an hour, hour and a half drive from the airport. So yeah. that's yeah. That puts it in a great place. There you so, go. Wow. I had no idea it was that far north. Yeah. Oh, beg your pardon, John. I say uh, there is a there's an airport in Rhinelander. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct, but I don't think I could land the jet there. I don't think the uh, no. I don't think the oh. runway is long enough. No, you need props so. for that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is too much fun. You know, you know, there are different kinds. Of, like there are these different size airplanes, and like when they're little, they're like. No, just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't. I, thank you for letting me know that, because I, I I don't know anything about aviation. I know. So. I'm yeah, sitting here trying to get my here. bearings on this conversation. <laughs> have we have we become lost again, Tom? It's become Damn. kind of circular. Oh. Okay. So, um, yeah, circular as in turbo prop, circular, um, or in this case, piston prop. So, uh, there's, yeah. um, so, um, so that's cool, John. So yeah, I know you guys like to get out in the out of doors in the summertime, i.e. for both months of summer. Um, <laughs> both. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Northerners. That's why hockey is so popular because you can play it for most of the year where we grew up. In our front yard. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's cool, you know, John. I think they're still playing hockey. I'm pretty sure they're still playing hockey outside the day I was born on an icy day in June well, in Duluth. It snowed the day <laughs> you were I, born. What's that? In Duluth. It snowed the day you were born. Okay, I believe I think I had a, a memory of mom telling me that, and there's still ice in St. Louis Bay. Yeah, I, she just—I remember her saying, "Yeah, it snowed the day you yeah. were born," which was in June, mm. uh, <laughs> early June. So yeah, yeah. I do oh, remember you. I do remember you wrapped in that light blue blanket, sitting on the couch at Irene's home on oh, London wow. Road. Oh really? Yeah. Like here's your oh, little man. brother, Johnny. Okay, here's Johnny. <laughs> yeah, then they left for a second. Guy starts smacking and like <laughs> beating me with. Oh, Boys. we might didn't tell you were a little older. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now that here, grab this rope and jump off the roof. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. that is the unforgettable. Because that was your, you know, it's like fifth and sixth grade. Whatever crazy idea we came up with, you would just do. It's like, yeah, that sounds good. So, so let's, uh, but let's um, create the scene for those of us, those he, who were not there. So our yeah. dad built our house in northern Wisconsin. And when he built the roof, there was a board connecting the two sides of a V-shaped roof that came out from the very peak of the roof about two feet. And yeah, it was a couple of feet. That board could have been cut off or... He could was have been supposed leaving it there been. because he was going to maybe add another chunk of roof because he was going to make an addition to the house. Who knows why, but the board was still there. So we threw a rope over it, and we dared our young brother, John, to jump off of one section of the roof. Well, <laughs> it wasn't jump off. It was, so the, was it? the rope is around, you know, it's the beam that forms the peak of the roof. Thank you, Peter. The rough, okay, to pronounce <laughs> it. Rough, yes. And, um, and so, yes, we put a rope around it and we said, this would be a great thing to swing from. And so we went back down to the yes. bottom edge of the rough and we asked for volunteers and John immediately volunteered. It would have been inappropriate. He had been subjected to so much. No, you're too young. You're going to have to wait from his older <laughs> brothers that this time, in a moment of magnanimity, okay, we mm. said, yeah, John should go <laughs> nice. first. And yeah, so he lay down holding onto the rope with his back on the rough, and he rolled off the edge, and he held nice. onto the rope, and he swung back and forth. And we had succeeded. We had proven the concept that it could be done. So then yours yeah, truly we, went into uh, the house 
to get a drink of water and forgetting that, well, our mother's bedroom just happened to be on that end of the house on the ground floor. And so I walk out of the kitchen and John is swinging the windows behind <laughs> and she looks up from her seat and she was reading a book and says, what are you guys doing? And I said, we're just outside playing. I calmly drank the rest of my water, calmly walked out and then ran like heck to get around the corner and say, guys, you got to stop. Just then she comes bursting out the front door. Get my baby off that thing. <laughs> and John, to your credit, you can't, you know, we, we stopped, we slowed you down and stopped and you were like, what? It wasn't dangerous. You know, so yeah. Yeah, it was great. a great moment. A great moment in yeah. Zim in Bro's history. Yes, Very I know it's a moment of peace and harmony, and <laughs> peace and harmony and love and understanding. That's right. Right, and That's yeah. teamwork. Right. Teamwork. It was definitely teamwork. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. Well, that's yeah. a good memory. That was a good memory. So, so I think yeah, it looks like. Looks like our project oh. is starting here. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Uh, I.e., the missus is starting it because you're still on the phone. It looks like oh, she's half here. done, if not I'll further. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nicole's a little more accessible than I am. I was going to say, you're probably the cleanup crew. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah, good, John. Take a seat on the porch. Yeah. Yeah. Brush the hair back. You know. Yeah. At least you have hair. Don't rub it in. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, are you guys you guys emerging from uh, from lockdown, or what's going on in uh, your part of the world, in your neck of the woods? You know what? We are bursting from the seams here in Chicagoland. Um, we're still not fully unlocked, um, although I would say that my little uh, Geiga counter is a little bit off because I'm part of the essential workforce. So I've been going back and forth to work and I've been going to grocery stores. I just haven't been doing a whole lot of traveling and stuff on the weekends like I would normally would have done with my wife. So I'm a little bit out of sync as that goes, but if I feel like the Chicagoland area is getting ready to just go crazy. Uh, like Prince. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Or cabin fever. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's, it's definitely, uh, well, here in Arizona, yes, we're in phase one. So the restaurants had been take out only, and now yes. they're open. So my wife oh, and I wow. celebrated by going to downtown Gilbert last night to one of our favorite restaurants. We were seated at a table. We were handed a piece of paper that had the drinks on it, and you could scan a QR code to get the rest of the menu. Nice. So you didn't have to touch things that other people had touched, other humans. And, um, and, uh, but we enjoyed not only our usual, but we mm. added something extra and, um, had a couple nice. of things to drink as well. So, nice. uh, it was nice. It was nice. And, uh, one of our daughters works in a restaurant and, uh, mm -hmm. they're now open. So she's working again and happy. So That's it's, awesome. uh, it's returning to quote unquote normal. Um, yeah. church is not open yet. It's still online. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but we're, you know, it's getting there. So, yeah. How about, how about, how about you, John? You holding your own out there, John? I'm holding Ooh. my own. In fact, it's so hot here in Wisconsin. Oh, one second here. It's so <laughs> hot here. You wouldn't believe it. Either. It's like in the seventies. Oh, oh, wow. Man. We're in the 80s. Yeah, that that sounds awful. I mean, it was 72 when I walked the dog this morning. So I mean, it was, you know, getting to be the hellfires of summer. Not. Oh my gosh. Huh. It's 79 degrees here. My gosh, that's so hot. You can't even imagine. Huh? That's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What about yeah, what about the humidity? Oh, very humid. Um, yeah, the, the air is very moist. So. Yeah, forty percent, thirty percent. Oh, I think it might be uh, more than that. Like, well, I don't know. Yeah, so okay. Yeah. Well, I definitely drive your yeah. heat index, but yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we, we've had several hundred degree days already, so. Yeah. yeah. Our, uh, as far as the, the lockdown here, it's, um, it's odd because the Wisconsin Supreme Court knocked down some of the lockdown extension that our governor put in place. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, some of it wasn't locked down, wasn't overturned. Like, uh, schools are still out and online and whatnot. But, uh, okay. um, yeah, there are some businesses outside of Dane County, which is you know, where the capital is, that yeah. are still going to open. You know, some restaurants are open up north. Um, a lot of, you know, people keeping their distance and wearing masks and whatnot, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, economic activity returning. Okay. So, John, for going back and recirculating among people, did you like make a mask maybe out of like birch bark or something? Yeah. <laughs> Burlap. Burlap. <laughs> there you go. Duluth trading burlap. Right there. Nothing will get through that. <laughs> yeah. Bears or Corona. <laughs> Who would have thought the Cowboys had it right with those bandanas around the mouths and everything? Well, there you go. There go you ahead, go. John. Harbinger of things to come. Yes. How the Cowboys are going to run all over the NFC this year. But. Oh, are we segueing to a different topic? Um, um, well, we, we, we could be, but John, you were, you were telling us about how your small town was opening up and bursting at the seams. Yeah, in fact, the library that I work for, we're opening up on June 1st. <clears throat> We're okay. Be almost hours again. Okay. And, uh, so that'll be kind of nice. Uh, you know, it's been so when time, when you're but, opening up again, what does that mean? That the public can wander through and pick books off the shelves themselves, or yeah. you have to go and get them? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The public can get, get you know books, handle them and whatnot. We think instead of having people reshelve books themselves, we're gonna have a cart. So if they look at a book, put it on the cart, and we'll uh, either quarantine the book or wipe it off. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, be more careful. You know, the returns that we get, we have to quarantine for 72 hours, um, and then the delay. You know, the, our delivery system. Uh, the library is part of a third, no, 53 library network. So, okay. Um, you know, to keep Corona from spreading throughout okay. the system. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Although I, I don't know if you know this, but the CDC just came out and said that, um, surface contact, basically, uh, Corona is much less, uh, infectious than originally believed or at least what has been sort of the party line to date. So yeah, your, you know, precautions have to be taken, but it looks like the surface transmission is a much less likely, you know, way of, of catching the disease. So, um, so that's good. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember when, you know, a month or two ago, where there's you know, 10 to 14 days that can live on surfaces. And, um, yeah. That's same kind of, but, yeah, yeah, or far-fetched. Yeah, I remember I actually read something that um, my business partner had found. Uh, I want to say this was like March 8th that talked about, uh, yeah, it stays around on surfaces for a while, but it's not, um, it's basically becomes much less uh, infectious and much less potent in that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. It's taken a while for that to kind of filter through, but um yeah, so, you know, hopefully good things uh, <clears throat> in the offing uh, for us all um, as uh, we reemerge. So, yeah. Yeah. How's the airline industry going <laughs> to come back, do you think? Yeah, that's, uh, that's well, I wouldn't know because I don't know anything about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> 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 no, it's it's um it's very tough obviously because airlines one of the ways that airlines have been able to be profitable is they've gotten very good at two things. One is uh aligning capacity to demand um and secondly 
uh, load factors, which means packing airplanes. And yeah, it turns out that uh, in the midst of the pandemic, and putting lots of people close to each other in a confined space, uh, you know, people have been averse to that. Um, so um, I think some of the newer findings will help. Uh, it's interesting. I heard something on BBC World the other day that um, uh, uh, citing someone from uh, this infections, infectious transmission lab in the U.S. that mm-hmm. uh, a study that had been recently completed looking at Chinese households in during the quarantine that uh, when a member of the household uh, is COVID positive, okay, uh, that the other members have a 20% chance of catching the disease themselves. So only 20%, um, which okay. is, which is good because I think the impression, uh, if you had polled people, they would have said, Oh, if someone in your household's got it, you got a very good chance of getting it. So very interesting. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit of a, bit of a haul here for, uh, for the airline industry and for the readership who, or the listenership who might be new to the program. Uh, I have a boutique, uh, management consultancy that's aerospace focused. So we mostly advise the people who make things, whether it's airplanes, engines, or things that go into them that go onto airplanes. And obviously if airlines aren't flying, then they're not buying new stuff. And that's bad for, bad for my clients and ultimately for us. So, um, yeah, so we're, you know, we just kind of in wait and see mode on it. Um, you know, how will traffic come back from this? Will there be a second wave, uh, of infections, you know, in the Northern hemisphere come, you know, winter when, uh, at, you know, kind of climate conditions are more conducive to this type of, uh, of, of disease. So, so we'll have to see, but yeah, you know, hoping for the best, but there's some, you know, some places that are, are being pretty hard hit, um, within my industry, which is uh, tough to watch. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I can imagine, um, cause everything just stalled. I mean, everybody just kind of, they sent everybody home. And we weren't very organized or efficient like they were in South Korea and other parts of the world. So it felt like it took forever for us to get organized enough. And I feel like we lost like six or eight weeks. Whereas if we were more efficient and we would have gotten everybody quarantined, everybody tested that needed to be tested as quick as possible. And I think I wonder and maybe I'll pose this to you, Pete and John. I wonder if the next wave will be more efficient because we've learned a little bit this first time. Is that a possibility that we can test people faster? Um, I, would hope, I would hope that there's a next wave that, that people would be locked down, at-risk people would be locked down, but people who maybe have a higher odds of surviving or you know getting through without long-term complications would, would be wouldn't be restricted because, you know, you know yeah. protect the vulnerable, but don't hurt the, the, the people who can, who can take the, uh, the infection. But yeah. Yeah. I have to agree with you, John. I, I think, and I don't think you would see lockdowns, um, done in a, in a similar way because we've been there. We've done that. I think some of the data is now coming forward that, I mean, places like uh, Japan and Singapore got control of the virus without closing restaurants. Um, you know, they didn't, it wasn't kind of a total lockdown. Um, and um, we know more about how to treat the disease. Um, and so, um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about the last six to eight weeks. Um, because, um, yeah, I guess I'm not sure about that thesis, um, because if you look at our, uh, and again, you have to read and research the data yourself, but, um, uh, I mean, as far as I can tell, our hospitalization rate for this, which is probably the most reliable number is, um, uh, is kind of in line with everywhere else. Uh, i.e. 
you know, not, not, not bad. If you look at the infection rate, um, it's actually last I checked was in the neighborhood of what Germany has been. So, um, some places, you know, so you don't get this because, you know, the clickbait, you know, hype stuff where they show cases always growing. Well, they're not dropping off the cases that are over two weeks old that, you know, it would have run its course. Okay. Well, of course that's going to get bigger and bigger. You know, guess what? Cases of coronavirus, whether you lock down or not, are going to increase <laughs> just <Yes>. because, <laughs> you know, there's more people to get infected. So, um, you know, so, um, and there finally you're starting to see some per capita data, which is more reliable. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, but it may also not play into the narrative that folks want to, want to communicate. So. I think it'd be interesting to have, because you understand data working in the airline industry and consulting with companies, is a lot of times when you what you hear on the news, what they're saying could have a factual basis to it, but it's out of context. So then yeah. the number is different. It doesn't have the meaning that you think it would have, right? It's woefully out of context. And, um, and yeah, it just you know, pulling, it just feels like folks are pulling the factoid they need to support the story rather than kind of looking at the data. And it's like, you know, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of misinformation. So the one thing that I think we're a lot better equipped now in maybe one, one fact that might actually support the loss of time in February or March of this year was that we now have tests and we have enough tests so that you can test a lot more people a lot quicker now than you could then. I think that's like one of the keys to not having this huge lockdown and panic is that you can just have mass tests where you need it. You can be more efficient and smarter about your testing as well. But yeah, I think that helps. Yeah, I don't think we were, um, I say we, but it's a big country and lots of different jurisdictions. So people can, you know, take different approaches and did. Um, but, um, you know, testing of people who didn't need to be tested because they weren't exhibiting symptoms. Um, you know, the other aspect is, I mean, South Korea in particular was very good about, uh, patient tracing because uh, as part of their uh, digital privacy laws, uh, a situation like this allowed the government to suspend that law for the purpose of, mm. you know, basically letting the individual and because what they did was they, you know, if someone tested positive uh, for COVID, um, they would then access their, uh, their smartphone data, find wow. out where they had been and sent texts to people that nice. hey, someone who tested positive, you know, so that you cannot see that happening in this country. No, um, you just cannot see that happening for so many reasons. Um, so that was one of the ways they were be able to be very effective. And again, that sort of personal data used judiciously. Right. Uh, here's, here's a virtuous example. Yeah. Right. But you know, you could just see that not, you know, being used the right way. And that I, I wouldn't see us combating a, you know, future outbreaks in that fashion. I just wouldn't yeah. see it. Um, I see a skull country. coming over John's face, the libertarian up there. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not especially a politician. No. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how do you think uh, uh, Wisconsin would, would take that if um, the government came on and said that they had access to everybody's smartphone and they were going to be tracking everybody's movement and sending text messages based on <laughs> a disease well, pattern. If, if Governor Evers said it, um, the Democrats would love it and the Republicans would hate it. If Scott Walker said it, the Republicans would love it and the Democrats would hate it. <laughs> that, that is a very, I like that, John, because I wonder how much partisan politics slows down and mucks up our efforts to actually do something productive and effective. Is that, uh, is that a real thing you guys? 
I think so because I think uh, left and right fundamentally don't like or trust one another. I uh, I think well, uh, let's put it this way. I mean the the attitudes about how soon to reopen, just based on the polling, uh, clearly there's a difference of opinion that falls fairly clearly along party lines, which is curious. Um, you know, I think, you know, yeah. Why is that? Democrat. Like, what do you think is the, why do I, why do I think that is? Um, or not so much why you think it is as far as questioning you, but why is it like taking, let's say that for a minute, we say that that's factual. Let's say that the facts would show us because we have the survey data that there is a difference. What do you think that difference is about? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a deep question, Tom. Um, and, uh, I can do it. Peter, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, probably different views on, uh, trust in government. Um, probably different views in, uh, trust in science, science, and probably different views about, uh, the extent to which, uh, the confidence that we as people can know these things um, uh, versus um, a, I would argue, a healthy mm-hmm. skepticism that, you know what, you know, we, this is kind of what we think we know, but, um, uh, you know, you, you don't know for sure. Um, so, mm. and let's yeah. face it, uh, for some folks, uh, I'm sure it plays in, although it would never be acknowledged, that a, um, uh, let's say a deeper or longer, uh, economic impact would, uh, affect the outcome of the election. Yeah, I have to tell you, like, and this is just my own personal experience, um, you can take it for what it is, but, so we, I am a manager at a facility and we take care of, of children. And one of the workers came up COVID positive. So we, of course, they're not coming back to work. So they're quarantined. Right. Another person had symptoms. They're sent home. So they're not going to come back to work. And then we sanitized and cleaned for about for three or four hours. And then I sent everybody home except for the minimal staff that I needed to keep the facility running. I sent everybody else home. And everybody was to get tested. So I'm staying. Um, there's a little bit of challenge by choice. I asked people, the people that I wanted to stay, I said, if you're, because they weren't symptomatic, they didn't have maybe as much contact with the individuals that had the, the virus, and they offered to stay. So yeah. we did testing. Everybody's negative, except for the one person who had it to begin with. None yeah. of the kids came up positive. But part of the sending everybody home was, number one, it was a quarantine thing. Like, I wanted to get it as just the, as few people in right. the building as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is there's so much anxiety amongst the well-educated that were there. These are all people with master's degrees with who are counselors. They were freaking out. Yeah. And I needed to get them out of the building because I needed people there that could actually do stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're um, right. It's- <laughs> like and if you're so anxious because you're so well educated that you can't that you're paralyzed and you can't do anything then you're not going to be of service to the effort to get things cleaned and if you're not symptomatic and you you actually don't know right yeah. and you point back right. to the data that you that you brought up earlier that only 20% of people that cha- that share households with someone who has covid positive symptoms whatever blah 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 only 20% are tested and found positive later on. Like we're, I call it, I'm calling it the Batman principle. And it's a line from Batman versus Superman where Batman is talking to, to his butler and he goes, if there's an even 1% chance that this is going to happen, then we have to treat it as an absolute certainty. And I think what happens is people get so panicked that they take yeah. that 1% and they treat it as an absolute certainty. Now, that's a nice, cute little story, like could have changed on a dime, right? Like if everybody started showing up positive for the COVID, <laughs> that would have been a horrible story. Right. But right. as it turns out, um, we sanitized really, really well uh, a few times. 
everybody's wearing masks and gloves. Um, the, the instruction is that you're wearing masks and gloves anyway. You're washing your hands every 20 minutes. You're doing all those things to keep safe. You're quarantining. I don't know. I don't know where I was yeah. going with it, but I know it was well, not helpful to have a bunch of people that are just really yeah. anxious about the idea of getting sick. Well, you know, you, you, well, when you said that, it's, it kind of, um, uh, you know, I think one of the facets here is, I, I, I think there's, uh, there's almost a, uh, there's a fear of not being in control, a fear that we don't know. And therefore, yes, it's elevated right. to a certainty, um, versus the willingness to kind of live with the uncertainty that, you know, there's a spectrum of potential outcomes. And, um, and, you know, let's face it, you know, I mean, the CDC has said, uh, the Surgeon General has said 80% of people are going to have mild symptoms for this. So, but you, you get yeah. folks who, you know, I think part of what this is doing is kind of challenging the view that, you know, that we know or the basis for our certainty. Uh, I think it's challenging the basis for our certainty. And, uh, I think that's an element of it. Uh, and that, you know, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, you know, were to be the case that folks are better educated, you know, just kind of feel like, Hey, we, we know the system. We know things, you know, the, the expected outcome is supposed to be good. And, um, and this throws a wrench into that. Um, there's definitely an element of that. And yeah, the, and another a, thing I would add, the only thing I would add to is the one person who did have underlying health conditions. I sent that person home first. Like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, you go, don't even, don't worry about it. Go home. Yeah. And the, there are, and the way this works, see, parts of this actually work really well. And I know people really don't like to hear success stories. They want to hear how horrible it is because that's kind of the national narrative. Yeah. But, the success story in all this is you send everybody home except for the bare bones. You do the sanitizing and the cleaning. The government has given money to companies to actually pay your salary because you're home due to COVID. So yeah. these people mm-hmm. are getting paid at home. Yeah. So yes. that's assured. So mm-hmm. if companies use that money in the right way, instead of pocketing the money and laying people off, but they use right. it to actually quarantine people thoughtfully in the way you're supposed to do it, pay their salaries and then bring them back. And while you're off, guess what? Maybe sign up and get tested, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's a lot or of Or just watch your symptoms. Free. Yeah. yeah, watch your symptoms get tested. Yeah. Now when you've come back, you've been system, you've been symptom free for two or three weeks. You've gotten tested and you've come back negative. You've sanitized and cleaned your environment. And that's how you use that three weeks. And guess what? By the way, you've been getting paid because the government has these programs that help a lot of people, maybe not right. everybody. Yeah. Now that's mm-hmm. a lot more manageable than that's how it worked out in our setting. Yeah. So if people are doing that. That kind of works. So that, that doesn't okay. fit with the, the narrative of how horrible everything and how terrible all the government, the plans are and how horrible uh, the response has been. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. There's right. been a fixation on the single case, um, contrary to the view that it's going to be okay. Um, when in fact, again, very extreme cases, you know, where things go south, but that's, that's the case for lots of diseases. Um, and I think I've been disappointed by the lack of success stories, which are there. And what you just described is one of them. Um, that, you know, folks, uh, I remember it was weeks before I heard and it was on a, uh, a church program where I heard somebody, uh, a positive testimony, someone had gotten it. There was their journey through it and, you know, how they were able to, um, you know, kind of deal with the, they were recovering at home and how the other members of the household did not get, you know, the disease. So, um, I think that's, that's, I would describe as a disappointment in the, uh, in the reporting. And yes, I would agree with you. It's contrary to the national narrative. Um, and, um, because that's the downside to the media. I think what they do is they take these principles that as a principle work, 
like if you want to change, you have to have better communication, more transparency, more exchange of dialogue. But that's not actually what they're doing. They're just highlighting the worst possible case. Right. And they're looking at the data from a skewed point of view. They're not providing any kind of scientific as much as they, they have a scientist say something unscientific versus I've never once heard any kind of broadcast that have actually in a more analytical way walked through things that wasn't almost hysteria based. And yeah, I feel like I'm really slanted in my, in my opinion right now, but, and I'm not really that slanted overall, but I think in this case, I feel like there's really been a, a, um, it's, it's a good example of how the media just seems like a bunch of gossips instead of seeing evidence of investigative reporting. There you go. Yeah, it's become yep. tabloid yep. journalism across the board. Sorry. John, you're going to say uh, something? Oh, no, I was saying boom. Disagreeing. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're ratings-driven machines and... You know, either be it views or clicks or whatnot. So you gotta, you know, you and, it, and it all feels political too. Though. It all, it all feels political. Like it's, it's also biased and politically driven that you really can't even trust. Like when they say it, it's like there's this kind of self-righteous hysteria and anxiety around everything versus maybe yeah. having a, an evidence-based approach to it. If I, if I would were to see that in that would certainly help engender some trust in the media for me. Sorry to cut you off, John. Oh, no. No, it's no. not. I agree. And, uh, yeah. And a lot of, uh, I think, uh, some subtle attempts to um, dissuade people from actually questioning um, the narrative. You know, like, believe science or trust science or, you know what I mean? Our, our governor keeps saying that his decisions will be based on the science and you know what? I don't even know what that means. Right. You know, Who's science? Right. Unfortunately, it's become whose science. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it shouldn't be that, right? Whose science is an oxymoron? <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, it's like who's truth? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. But if you go and look at the CDC data, you know, and oh, by the way, you know, yes, we know that COVID deaths are overreported. You know, um, my my son found this example of a guy who was uh, he was a motorcyclist killed. Uh, I think it was in Colorado. Motorcycle accident had tested positive for COVID, and uh, his his death went into the COVID death tally. Hmm. Okay, uh, so getting hit by a vehicle uh, uh, by another vehicle on the freeway, but you happen to be COVID positive, that's a COVID death. Really? You know? Yeah, like, like where's the, that's what I that's what I can't stand. I don't see the science. I don't see the analytics in this. I don't see the yeah. discovery, observational curiosity mentality that you would want to have with individuals yeah. that are trying to find actual answers. Like and you you do hear a huge difference when you talk on any topic level when somebody comes at something with some humility, some curiosity, some discovery versus yeah. just hysteria and accentuating the negative. And yeah. all of a sudden, right. just getting back to John's point, almost like if you if you even hint at the possibility that there could maybe be this idea that perhaps it's not as bad here in this specific case, it's like, oh, you don't believe the science? It's like, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe your narrative. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't believe your narrative. Yeah, no, you're, 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 you and, right. you know, unfortunately, you know, there's a, a client of mine who's famous for saying this is, he said, you know, it's never the message, it's always the messenger. Um, yeah. And, um, 
you know, so unfortunately, there's so much of that. I, I agree with you, Tom. So that's why, and frankly, we found BBC World to be very refreshing because um, they're just, you know, it's factual. Um, and, um, you yeah. know, let's, let's just start with factual, you know, <laughs> let's at least start with that. Cause my, yeah, my there's, business, there's, yeah, go ahead. No, there's such a bias with people with licenses because what they do is they do have, they do have a, the Bruce Wayne problem going on that they're so bent on not wanting to be found wrong because they have a license they could lose or could they, they could be seen as stupid or they could be seen as not careful and not um, honoring the patient. And so there is actually a bias baked into that logic that is not necessarily as scientific, analytical, and observational as you would want it to be. And so it, just saying that you're going by the science is actually an incredibly loaded and biased statement if you don't actually define for us what, what do you actually mean when you say that. Because... If you're a policymaker or if you're trying to keep people alive or you're trying to get people moving because you have this big thing you're trying to, you might have to look at the science as only part of the discussion because you might need to look at science in other areas, not just the health science, right? Like, and that's the problem. I think when, when you rely only on, on a health expert who said, well, there is a possibility of, when right. your next statement is, we're still learning, we don't know a lot about this virus, then what you're doing is you're taking what you don't know and you're filling in the gaps with fantasy, guesses, and delusions, but you're too prideful to actually say that that's what you're doing. So if you had yeah. some humility and said that, yeah. then we could all say, yeah, guess what? We get that. We're all afraid. And you're afraid too. Right. No, yeah. well said. Well said, Tom. Yeah. I'm on a well rant said. here. No, that's a sliver. That is well All said. Tom's right. uh, rant. That was a good one. Here, here. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to grab my coffee. I'm grabbing my cowboy cup. <laughs> I'm grabbing my Star Wars cup mug. Oh, I got my... Uh, here, here. Water. <laughs> Water. So, it's, it's the one thing that I, I just can't stand hysteria passed off as certainty based on factual evidence gathering like yes. don't sell me that <laughs> don't yeah. do that to me <laughs> it's it's naked emotionalism fear-mongering yes. um then ultimately bs absolutely it's still so. bs it might not be what you want to call bs but i'll call it what it is it's right bad. right yeah yeah so um yeah. so that's our that's our that's the brother z our little rant on the <laughs> handling of the COVID by the media. <laughs> Here that's we a go. For this month. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't, you know what? I, I, I know you use the rant, as a, but, but it was an assessment. Let's call Thank it what you. it is. Yeah, that was, was my assessment. assessment. Yeah. Well, um, on that cheery note, um, do we have any more or, you know, well, Pete, you had something you wanted to drop on Mike, and I want to pick your brain I, a little bit. You had an idea, uh, maybe a, a show or a movie that you had watched uh, that you thought I, was interesting. I did. So we'll, we'll end on a slightly more cheery note. Um, okay. It is a sci-fi film that I was reminded of that I loved the moment I first saw it, and I've mm. watched it a few times. And I just wondered if you guys had seen it and uh, had any thoughts on it. Okay. Uh, the film is called Galaxy Quest. Mm. Have you guys have you guys seen it? If I have, I forgot that I saw it. <laughs> so it's just, John, have seen you it. seen it? Oh, was it? It's um, it's a TV. No, what? what? It, it, it's a movie. Uh, stars Tim Allen, Alan Rickman, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, it, it is. Yeah, it's it's not a spoof of Star Trek. It's a spoof of the story of Star Trek, okay. and it's hilarious. Nice. And um, I was I was trolling, um, I think it was Amazon Prime uh, the other night, and there was a documentary about the making of it, and I'm like, what? Right. So I've nice. been I've been I've been watching that, but um, maybe this is the homework for next next uh, next call. 
And this is a lot easier for people like John and me who are supposed to watch Star Wars Rebels. And I think John made it to the first episode and I made it to the fifth. So, you know, for for the the kind of lame homeworking, you know, ethos that has come to define the bras, (laughs) (laughs) the Brother Z. But uh, watch watch the movie. It was it was just I'm not going to say any more about it because you know you guys yeah the the recollection isn't uh, that clear. But let, let's watch the film and and comment yeah. on it. Um, let's do it. Yeah. I would love that. So, I would love yeah. to watch that. There was a show. There was a weekly show. I'll let John get a word in edgewise here. But there was a weekly show on Hulu that's actually an absolute spoof on Star Trek and the Orville. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> It's hilarious. I love that. Have, have you seen it, Sean? This one character left, but I've seen several episodes. That's that's hilarious. That's yeah, a good show. I, I think I watched all of season one and maybe the first couple episodes of season two. It is. It's just. I love it. You know, it's it's um yeah. How do you describe it? You know, it's just. It's a parody <laughs> where they try to actually have a message baked into a parody. It's kind of weird. Yeah. They, it don't, is. they don't totally throw the baby in the bathwater completely out because they still try and have a lesson, but they are obviously doing a parody. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's, it's hilarity parody. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Of the highest order. So, so yeah. I think that we have our, our topic for next month's Brother Z. It's going to be Galaxy Quest. The Brother Z. Just ripping it apart, analyzing it, observing and describing every minute detail of that film. <laughs> there we go. With our analytical prowess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, our analytical prowess on display. <laughs> I choose to have no emotion about this movie until I've seen every inch of it. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess on that more cheerful note. Yeah. Well, for now and until next time, gentlemen, this has been the Brother Z. What do you think? I think from a clinical perspective, Tom, this has been wonderful. Thank you. Well, you all (laughs) have a good one now. I'm going to stop the recording. (laughs) 